0: To Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. This is Michael Cole. And it's episode fifty-eight, and with us we have a new voice, uh, Zach Miller.
1: Hello, folks.
0: Hey, so he's he's our very gifted uh, artist on staff. Although he sometimes uses his powers for evil. <laughs> um, now you recently got published somewhere, right?
1: I actually did. I got published in Earth Magazine. Everyone should check wow. that
0: out. So what? What is uh, is this photography? Is this uh, what? What is this?
1: It's a drawing. So, it's. Uh, the articles about paleobloggers, and um, one of my uh, speculative evolution pieces was picked. Uh, There's a group of Permian animals called dicynodonts, and uh, I imagined if the Permio-Triassic extinction had never occurred, you know, who would take over the world? And I said, well, dicynodonts were already everywhere, so I made kind of a a wall rodont.
0: All right. So as you can tell he's also very uh enthusiastic about dinosaurs. So uh <laughs> if any of our listeners have questions on dinosaurs, uh this is the guy to to email, seriously. Uh, <laughs> I, do he, what I he's can. he's our uh, dinosaur encyclopedia uh, on staff. So and of course, you will see that in some of his reviews too when he reviews a um isolated uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh he selected uh 3 of our games tonight i selected one we have a listener request i think it's going to be a really fun lineup so uh enjoy you guys know how to play so uh let's just get started sure On to the second song okay
2: All
0: right, so that's kind of a quiet, subtle song there. It was
1: very obscure. I liked it.
0: Yeah. So, uh, since you selected this, you have a you have a question here, right? Why don't you read it for the listeners? Okay.
1: Uh, what boss fight in this game uses two distinct phases? Two distinct phases, and when you feel like one is over, it was hard enough. You wipe your brow, and then bam, a much harder fight ensues. Much All harder, right, and, and they're very different,
0: right? They're not. They're the, the two
1: phases of the fight are completely different.
0: Okay, so uh, there's your hint question, so here's the and final just, song. Just,
1: to, just so that people don't give me the wrong answer, there's another fight in the game that has three distinct phases, uh, okay. but this only has two.
0: All right. you couldn't tell this is a Metroid Prime game, uh, mm-hmm. and since the first one was used a few weeks ago, uh, this one is Metroid Prime Two Echoes for the GameCube. Yes, and also of course part of the uh, recently released compilation disc. Yep. So um, now uh, Zach was 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 texting with me um, while we were listening to the third song there, and, and it's interesting because uh, this section, the third song, is from the Torvus Bog, and there. Were, are two parts to that if I, if I understand correctly uh, and one of them is kind of underwater and yeah. they actually have a different theme, completely different theme song which is uh, taken from I guess Super Metroid yeah. uh, for that section and so it's easy to forget about uh, the other part of Torvus Bog it is. But, um, I forgot about it <laughs> Right, so, uh, but I remember that song. It's definitely a distinct Metroid Prime 2 song. I mean, a lot of the soundtrack blurs together in my mind. It does. In one and two, but um, that one sounds more like two to me. Um, so, uh, you had a question about uh, a two phase boss battle, and the only one I could think of is the boost ball boss, which
1: um, maybe isn't what you're going for. The Boost Ball Guardian? No, no, that doesn't really have two, two uh, phases. It's it's the same fight the whole time. It just gets mm-hmm. progressively much, much, much more difficult. I was I was uh, thinking of the Chickia boss fight, that giant dragonfly, where oh, first geez. you fight its larva, which is hard enough, mm-hmm. but then you fight the adult form.
0: Oh, jeez, I totally forgot about that one. There there are so many boss battles, and they all blur together in my mind. Now, you know, I haven't played. The sequel since it came out originally. Um, you know, I, I went through Metroid Prime several times and, you know, I played Metroid Prime 3 fairly recently, but the second one's kind of blurry mess in my mind, yeah. to be honest. Um, and I liked it well enough, it, I just seem to recall it being a little more tedious in terms of backtracking than, uh, than the first one, so I always would go back and play the first one, not the second one. Yeah. Um,
1: it's also stupidly difficult. There, there are some portions of echoes that are just tear your hair out, frustrating.
0: Right, they're like this, the save points are sometimes pretty far away, right? Like I remember, they are. Like the like going back to that boost ball boss, uh, I seem to recall once you have this horribly difficult boss, you have to get your way back, you know, several, several uh, rooms just to save. Yeah, you do. And uh, I just remember being terrible. I'm pretty sure I died once or twice after I beat boss
1: oh yeah just getting yeah. back to the save room because your
0: focus is you know you've exhausted all of your like whatever your health your, yeah your, your health yeah. is low you're like oh my god i'm so <laughs> finally done oh my god thank you you know and you're just not focused you're like ah. but um i mean that's like survival horror than uh, most survival horror games yeah a little so, bit yeah <laughs> yeah so um but uh metro prime 2 echoes. i mean it's not a bad game by any means um i think it's not appreciated enough um I don't own the compilation disc. I can't justify purchasing it since I own the Japanese Metroid Prime One on the uh, and Metroid Prime Three. So, uh, to me, it's kind of a silly purchase if I were to do that. But, sure. uh, but for most people, I mean, like I have a friend who never got around to playing Metroid Prime and he owns a Wii. I'm like, get it.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's just, if you haven't played the first, you know, Metroid Primes, this is the best way to do it.
0: Yeah. And it, I don't know about the difficulty levels. Like when I was playing the Japanese version, I could tell it was a different difficulty, but once again, they think, I think they changed the difficulty levels for Japan on the original too. So, and and apparently they've added a new difficulty mode and it's, there's a big debate over which mode's which in the original, you know? So, cause they added a veteran and and the question is whether veterans harder or veterans, the new hard mode or hyper for the complex disc, they added hyper. Yeah. 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 So, uh, it's kind of confusing, but... Sure. You know, to the still, layman, it doesn't matter. <laughs> still a good game. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's a good thing. If Echoes was kind of hard, um, maybe that works out for the better. It uh, is, yeah. It, then
1: too. then you start playing 3 right away, and you're like, this is so much easier.
0: <laughs> right. So, so have you got it? Have you been playing through uh, the compilation disc?
1: I am. I actually had to take a, a, a break uh, from playing games for a few days to prepare for a... An art show I'm doing, but um, I'm I'm at the very end of one, mm-hmm. and I just love it. I'd forgotten right. how much I love it. And what's what's weird to me, I was telling Nick this during his marathon. So much of that game is muscle memory now. Yeah, no, like I I'll mean, just be wandering through a room and I'll be like, "There's a rocket here. I mean, a missile
0: here." Of course, it's kind of funny to just call it muscle memory because it's different controls. But oh yeah, it's it's yeah, it's kind of like you have this. Imbe- it's the way I'm playing I'm like a Mario game i played plenty of times. It's like you don't remember the specifics, but once you're in that situation, you remember what to do. Yeah. You know, it's like if you're just thinking off the top of your head, you may not remember what you're supposed to do next. Once you get there, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to do this next. Right, right. So, um, you know, that, that's sort of a combination of nostalgia and whatever, just fun. I think it
1: speaks to how much I loved and played the original Metroid yeah. Prime.
0: Yeah, it was great. Um, so, uh, once again, check check out the compilation disc. It's yeah, it's a re-release, but I like the controls more in the re-release. I and, do too. Uh, there are plenty of people who never played the original game, so um, it's a good move on Nintendo's part. Yes, indeed. So we got uh, game number two here. Let's uh, just move on. Sure.
1: good tune
0: it was a good tune um although there aren't many bad tunes in this game that's true great. um so hopefully people have some idea of what this is now but uh maybe you aren't quite sure yeah so uh we'll give them another song sure It's the energy up. Yeah, it does. All right. Well, we have another question here, also written by uh, Mr. Miller here. Yes, indeed.
1: What is it? Okay. In this game's bonus mode, uh, you can play as the villains of the story. What is the gimmick that goes along with it, which makes the game very frustrating?
0: All right, get your whips out. Castlevania: <laughs> Portrait of Ruin. Uh, not my favorite of the handheld Castlevania games. Me neither. But it's my least favorite.
1: Well, no, it's not my least favorite, but it's something.
0: But it has really good music, uh, actually, better than most. So it's kind of good for this uh, this podcast. Yeah. But um, yeah, I had a really hard time choosing three songs, and I wound up choosing the songs based on mostly uh, songs that I didn't remember. Um, there are a lot of songs I actually recorded way back when off my DS. Hmm. And um, and so I knew those very well. The other ones that weren't as memorable to me, uh, I tried to use. Now, Dance of Sadness is pretty recognizable. It's from uh, the boss battle where you're fighting the two, I guess they're vampire sisters? I don't, yep. I don't know what they classify them as, but um, I do remember that being a frustrating battle. Um, and I seemed to remember getting to that battle being kind of frustrating where it was placed, too. So I kept dying and then having to trek there, but Maybe that's my memory being hazy. Yeah, um,
1: they're so pretty good about putting save points next to the bosses.
0: Yeah, but there are a couple exceptions, yeah. especially where like it's in a certain place, in a certain room in the castle that is supposed to be unexpected for a battle, I guess. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's see. So uh, this game, um, well, gee, I don't even remember the, bo- bo- uh, the bonus mode very well. So the, the one in Aria of Sorrow is really good. That was my favorite one. I remember this one being kind of lackluster. You could, you, in Aria of Sorrow, you traverse through the game in a completely different way with mm-hmm. different characters, and that was really cool. It was. Uh, in, in this game, I don't remember there being such an awesome... I mean, the level design in general wasn't as good. That was the problem. Yeah. But um, what, what's the bonus mode here? It's it well, the villains?
1: The, the one where you play as the villains, you play as the two vampire sisters, Stella and Loretta. Right. And what makes it frustrating is it's all touchscreen based. You slash things oh to do God, an attack, that's right. you tap things to do an attack. Uh, okay. it, it just. It does not work. No, it doesn't. Yeah. You can fly everywhere. There's no sense of, uh, uh, you know, moving up in the game because you can yeah. just go everywhere right from the get go. So it's right. kind of pointless, ultimately. Yeah. Uh, and the other the other bonus mode in this game is Richter mode, where he plays Richter Belmont and his sprite is actually taken from. Uh, uh, the old uh, uh, old Castlevania games, but you also play as uh, Maria Renard. Um, and it's supposed to mimic, you know, the old uh, Rondo of Blood game.
0: But uh, that one, too, doesn't have the same kind of progression, right? You can get pretty much anywhere from the get-go. Yeah, you can. If that, I recall correctly. I it's think not as horrendous as the Stella in Loretta mode, which they probably should have just scrapped. Yeah, they should have. But, um,
1: but you're right, you can yeah, get it's, pretty it's much Yeah, It's not everywhere.
0: like Aria Saro, where it was like, oh, this is brand new and the level design is so clever that you have to progress in a different direction, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but you so, still progress. Yeah. So, the... the uh, Yeah, Portrait of Ruins' biggest problem is its level design. And, and, and uh, you know, things are partitioned. Uh, there is isn't this sense of a cohesive world. Um, and the levels repeat. Yeah, well... well with the levels different, don't with necessarily different. repeat. The level designs are a little different, but... Yeah, the, the, like the, the assets, sets. Yeah, the the assets sets, totally yeah. repeat. It's just sort of like, really? That's <laughs> late? And the worst part is, and I, I think i brought this up in other podcasts or something, but the worst part is, I went to a Game Developers Conference presentation by uh, Iga, the, the director of these yeah, games, or the producer yeah. of these games. And like he was saying, how great it was, how they got to reuse all their assets, and it was real cheap <laughs> to make, and and you can have people that weren't like as as experienced, and it's easier for them because they're not as experienced, they can learn how to make a Castlevania game. Basically admitting that this game was like <laughs> a trial run piece of crap, through, yeah. but not realizing that it was bad, and, and maybe that's kind of an, one of the reasons why it's been that series has almost been pulled out of his hands, as I understand it at this point. Oh, could is, be. Uh, well, I I don't know the details. At least the 3D ones have been but he hasn't yep. made a good 3D. Ever. No. ever, actually. No, but. no.
1: So, All the 3D ones kind of suck. Yeah,
0: so, I don't know. I haven't played Order of Clesia, which came out while I was busy in Japan. Mm. Um, is it any good? Is it better than Portrait of Ruin? Have oh, it's much it? better
1: than Portrait of Ruin. It's a totally different game. Uh, I, I like it a lot. Okay. And, and what they tried, tried to do is kind of find a balance between the Metroidvania, which had honestly gotten kind of old, and the old generation, you know, side-scrolling. Uh, so
0: that's my problem. I don't like the old Castlevania. So does that mean I won't like Order of Ecclesia? because I'll want more Metroid and I'm getting less of it?
1: Well, the more, the you know, you, you basically choose a stage and you go through it in a very linear fashion, but as you find more upgrades and spells, the individual levels kind of open up and you can revisit them whenever you want. So it eventually turns into this gigantic you know, map, but in the beginning it's very you know okay. stage A, stage B, stage C.
0: Okay. So well that's a little bit like uh, in Portrait of Ruin except it didn't have that kind of linear then nonlinear progression. Right. It's more of a you meander through a mini castle, and then you go through the castle, and then you go to the mini castle to <laughs> the castle.
1: And the final the final level in uh, in Ecclesia is a Don't traditional spoil it. Metroidvania no. castle. Okay. I didn't spoil anything no
0: So okay, well maybe I'll check it out. I I know the uh, battle mechanics seem pretty interesting from uh, from the E3 demo. Yeah, sure. um, It's on my list. I'll I'll play it eventually, but uh, probably move on to the next game. Let's do it. I bet you don't know what this game is. I have no idea what this game is. (laughs) Sounds fun. Sounds fun. Sounds fun. Sound is probably the key word, actually, (laughs) (laughs) in in that statement. Um, This is a listener request, so um, I'll leave it at that.
1: Again, that sounds like a fun game. Have you played this game, sir?
0: I have not played this game. I have not played this game. That's not much of a hint. <laughs> but um, this this question might be a hint. So, uh, in the intro sequence, who is hiding in the trash can? Wow, really?
1: <laughs> Somebody's hiding in the trash can. I love
0: it. Excitement. <laughs> Drum roll. Excitement. Excitement. The strange thing is they don't use the actual theme song from this franchise in this game, which which baffles me. Hmm. Must, maybe there's some sort of copyright thing. Or uh, maybe the guy, I think this was developed in Japan, but only released in America. So it's possible they just weren't even aware of of what this franchise actually was like. But um, this is Inspector Gadget for the Super Nintendo. Really? Requested by M- Bob Matulla. I hope I pronounced his name right. Um, yeah, this is Inspector Gadget, which is... It's a platformer. I... You know, I was looking at some videos on this to, to get a better feel for the game, and it, it's almost like um, Ghouls and Ghosts or something, or, or maybe one of the old Castlevania games, in that you have two hits, and when you lose... When you get hit, Inspector uh, Gadget is in his underwear, huh. and he has, like, sub-weapons that you, you swip, switch between that you collect. And so he has, you know, he has the propeller hat you can get, and, uh, and like plungers that shoot out of his hat so that you can jump up walls, and, hmm. and the springy arms and stuff. Um, so uh, it's interesting concept. I- I'm not sure the game itself looks like very fu- much fun. It seems kind of sluggish and, and well, overly difficult hmm. um, because of because of the design. Um, the The premise is that. Uh, I guess maybe, like I said, uh, the developers were based in Japan, and maybe they weren't really familiar with the, the game, or the, the franchise. The problem is Penny getting captured and Inspector Gadget going to save him, which almost is, it seems pretty non-canon, because realistically, uh, Penny saves Inspector Gadget. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but that's, that's the promise of this game. Oh. And uh, in the intro sequence, of course, uh, uh, Penny's running away from the mad agent, and and I guess she passes off a message to uh, to Chief Quimby, uh, as you might remember, as being the guy who always gives Inspector Gadget his messages. Right. And uh, I also saw another video that showed like the chief poking up from under like the the overhead light fixture in the kitchen and stuff like that. So it's got that <laughs> much going for it. And who uh, was in the trash can? Was it Quimby? Yeah. So so uh, yeah. Quimby's in the trash can, and he often is in the TV show. He's hiding in a trash can, or hiding like in some bizarre place, right? Like, Gadget, here's your mission, you know. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, I love Inspector Gadget as a kid. You know, it's, it's, I did too. It's one of my favorite, favorite characters out there. Go, go, Gadget! You know? And then, did you so, watch uh,
1: the uh, did you watch the horror that was the live action <laughs> film? No,
0: the the trailers were horrific enough for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> this game probably was closer to. Inspector Gadget that we love uh, than that monstrosity. Oh, my God. I saw
1: it in theaters because I didn't know any better. Oh, you fool. You poor,
0: poor fool. I was. And how much gas gas money do you spend? Do you live in Alaska? Gas is expensive. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't expensive uh, back then, I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. (laughs) Um, So, uh, Inspector Gadget with the Super Nintendo. um, It's an interesting interesting title I, definitely worth looking at I, I don't know if it's really that much fun or not I didn't, didn't seem like it was uh, executed all that well but there were some good ideas hmm. um, and I had you know, forgotten that the chief's name was Chief Quimby because I always think of Mayor Quimby from The Simpsons yeah. when I hear Quimby so
1: you know that, a game like that could kind of work in a, in a Super Metroid kind of way
0: yeah, yeah I, definitely. If they'd put more uh, effort into it, effort into it, or had that desire, I think this was an early Super Nintendo game, so I'm not sure that that genre, or what do you want to call it, had really been established at that point. Oh, so, okay. Um, yeah, and I don't think the production values were that high. That requires, you know, an intricate level design like that requires more money and effort. than <laughs> they probably wanted to, to edit, allocate to this project. Sure. So um, anyway, I. I don't know what else to say about Inspector Gadget for the Super Nintendo. It's it it has a very appealing uh, visual style. I think it captures the the art style very well for the for the game. But the gameplay, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Bob can uh, can talk about it some more on talkback thread. And, and, uh, if this is a, song, a game that he played as a kid, maybe he can uh, enlighten us as to what what's good about the game gameplay itself. There you go. So um, we're gonna move on to the fourth game here. So. Uh, enjoy mm-hmm. A good one. Yeah, and maybe one that has people scratching their heads, too. Hope so. song always kind of creeped me out when I would hear it. Yeah. It's very subtle. It is, and it's a good contrast from the last one. Um, All right, so I got the question here. Um, So which boss from this game is inspired by an earlier boss on the Super Nintendo from the same series? Same series, yeah.
1: And if for bonus points, name both bosses.
0: There you go. Just couldn't help ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gives it away. We know. But, Such a uh, good tune, though. Yeah, we, we had to showcase that tune. So, um, this is quite obviously Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, which you may figure out just from Super Smash Brothers Brawl, um, since that song was in Brawl as well. Well, yeah, yeah. But, um, so, uh, kind of in some ways a black sheep, in other ways, uh, one of the better Zelda games I, I still don't have a good opinion of it I, I kind of go back and forth every time I uh, Play it um, It definitely has an excellent visual style um, And some interesting Ideas in the dungeons But, yeah. uh, but the overworld Man it kills me
1: Really kills I, think, me. I think it's such For me Zelda's always been about Discovery and no other game In the series uh, gives me that Feeling like Wind Waker does
0: now, see, I, I enjoy the boat to a degree, but once once you're doing it halfway through the game, it, it's old. And I know that there's warp points, but they only get you so far. Yeah. And, and depending on, you know, whether you stumble upon that secret or not, you may not have those warp pipes. Not warp pipes. Warp That's true. wind tunnel things for, yeah. you know, most of the game. Um, so, uh, yeah. So I, I'm not a big fan of the boat. I certainly like it more than the boat and... Spirit Tracks. Oh God! Now, let's not. Train. Let's not. let uh, I said, "Oh, see, I confused the two because they're totally the same." Oh. Uh, yeah, well, let's not go there. I two people here that uh, both kind of underwhelmed by uh, by those games. So, yeah. um,
1: and, but and we're talking about
0: we're talking about Wind Waker, though. Um, so Wind
1: Waker is that's how Zelda looks to me now. It's just such a great aesthetic.
0: Yeah, and they definitely captured it in Minish Cap as well. Yeah. Um, so I I don't know. I, I like the Twilight Princess look, and I think they they should keep both looks. I think that's a good kind of kind of balance between the two. It's kind of you know. Whereas Mar- Mario has kind of the, most of the time has the same look, and it kind of gets boring. Um, that's just why I like Super Paper Mario looks so interesting, is because it actually yeah, it looks it is. different. Um, so I, I kind of like the two looks for Zelda, and, um, and uh, yeah, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. But um, Wind Waker. Uh, Yeah, so it has a lot of bosses and, and, you know, it doesn't have enough dungeons, but the dungeons in the game are pretty good and and there's some bosses that are kind of separate from the dungeons too, like uh, the one in question here, um, which is with the the giant bird slash avian dinosaur. There you go. Uh, The question was
1: was worded differently originally.
0: Yeah, well, Zach wanted to call... uh, Helmeroc King, a dinosaur, which I, I felt most people wouldn't recognize as being a dinosaur because it has feathers and it flies. Yeah. But um, I, I mean, I could see it being kind of the, somewhere between a dinosaur and a, and a bird, and, and certainly uh, the Super Nintendo counterpart, which is the Helmasaur. Yep, homosaur. Uh Is uh, is a dinosaur. It's the uh,
1: first boss of the Dark World.
0: Now, is that? Do you use your hammer to destroy that one too? Is yep, that, you you hammer its head and
1: knock the, yeah, the knock mask the off. Uh, mask
0: off. Yeah, so it's very much similar uh, boss. It's kind of a variant on a theme there. Yeah. Uh, which is all we the, like to do. That with Zelda games. Uh,
1: See, now I was calling the Helmaroc King an avian dinosaur because birds are the only surviving lineage of dinosaurs. To to be alive today.
0: I, I don't think most people would recognize I don't, a pigeon in the dinosaur. I'm, I'm, but, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you reworded it. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, Yeah, so, so uh... Sh- what, what do we want to talk about Wind Waker? I mean, everyone knows Wind Waker. I mean, it's a good game. It definitely holds up really well in terms of the aesthetic. Um, cool. well, and the music you, is great. Yeah, um, you know, like some people complain because it's whatever, MIDI or whatever, but it, it's really good. Um, and... Um, and there are a lot of little subtle themes in there too, because like the transitions with the ocean when it gets stormy. Or, mm-hmm. There's a lot of really good stuff in there. Cool. Yeah. And um, I just wish that they didn't have that Triforce on at the end. Um, yeah, that
1: did kind of drag it down. Yeah. I, I will admit that. After all that, you're like, I have to go around the ocean again.
0: Yeah. It, yeah, and it's and the worst part is it's like you have to hunt in order to then go back and, and hunt again. Yeah. Um, which. That's
1: true. You gotta look for the Triforce charts.
0: Yeah. That's that's the now some people probably found quite a few of them on their adventure already, but you can't make that assumption. I mean, you know, and it's funny because you chose Metroid Prime Two, Castlevania, and Zelda, which in some ways like a gradient on they they share a lot of things. I mean, like they do. Castlevania is kind of on the left with it being two D Metroid style, and then you got Metroid Prime Two, which is kind of in the middle, which has more exploration, more like Zelda in terms of. Uh, overworld and it even has like kind of the dark world light world thing going on yeah, and, it does uh, Link to the past but um, but it also has you know Me- Me- more metroid style aesthetic and an upgrade system, and then you got Zelda, which is of course lots of exploration, um, you do get upgrades, but it 's not it 's more like situational based than yeah. and, 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 metroid and also is. and
1: also I forgot you know that triforce sound at the end where you have to find you have to find the charts. And yeah. then from there, you have to find the key. Or the, see, now I'm mixing up the metaphor already. You have to find the Triforce right, piece. Right. In Echoes, you have to find the dead Lumineth guy
0: who right. tells you
1: where the key is.
0: Right. Now, I confuse the first and second one because you have to like go backtrack and even the third one, too, where you have to you have to backtrack and find things that are scattered throughout the levels right. or the, the environment. Was it more or less tedious in the second one? I don't remember. Oh, jeez, it was more tedious because was in the it? first
1: one all the clues were in the, the the impact or the impact crater temple. Right. Right. But in the second one, you had to find the dead luminoth guy who was like, "I hid my key here."
0: Okay. Is there one dead Lumineth guy you got to keep going back to?
1: No, no, each, each Lumineth was in charge of a different key, and they all okay. died in different spots.
0: All right, yeah, so it very much is like <laughs> Wind Wakers find the chart then go back to the central repository and go back over to to, to fish it out. Yeah. Good times. Very. Yeah, there, there was no need to extend the, the life of that game by doing something. No, like. no. It really is not necessary, you know. It would have been shorter, but it wouldn't have left that bad taste near the end. And uh, so, it's frustrating to see that Nintendo made that same decision like multiple times. Um, So, yeah. You know, that's kind
1: of a that's a, a running theme for Nintendo. Not only the getting new parts to find more things that was in Super Mario Sunshine too.
0: Uh, yeah, that, that was to lesser degree. I mean, it was Maybe. less was...
1: of it, but it was still, you know, all of a sudden you have access to new areas with the boost jump.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, most games do that, especially 3D games. They, you know, they'll have some sort of upgrade that, that lets you get somewhere else or do something in a different way. I, that's true. and I mean, that's, that's a general game design thing. You know, for Me- for Mario it was more like, well, now you can get access to more of the shines oh, that's or right, yeah. stop more of the stars, whereas in Metroid it's really how you progress through the game and general. So that's a big difference. And and I guess in Zelda it's more like Metroid that, get your item and then you progress, but it's more compartmentalized. It's like, oh, well, I'll use this in this dungeon. That's true. Um, Versus in in Metroid where it's more like, oh, geez, i got this new weapon or or, or new way of moving. Where can I use this? It's a little more open-ended. So maybe a Um, different,
1: you know, different variations on a similar theme. Yeah, definitely.
0: Definitely. Um, So uh, you you get the Full spread here on this <laughs> entry of, of radio trivia. So um, we got one more game here, which I selected uh, just to, to round it out some. So yeah. uh, enjoy. That strike any any chords with That's, you? It sounds like an NES game. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to confirm or deny that. That's one. all I've got. <laughs> little song there.
1: I'm so confused.
0: (laughs) As you should be. (laughs) As you should be with this game. So, uh, here's the question. So, what is the biggest difference between the game's two main modes? Oh, no. some people. Do you have any idea at all, Zach? None whatsoever. None whatsoever. Should Absolutely I should no I place. know what this game is? I don't know. I think you should have some inkling of it. It um, seems like
1: I've heard it before.
0: I'll right, say the, that. The third song uh, shows up in, in some form in Smash Brothers Brawl. Um, this is Gyromite for the NES. Hmm. Which is uh, one of the two games... Uh, designed with Rob, uh, I don't what R O B stands for. But um, now, the sad thing about this game is that it seems like it's actually interesting and a lot of fun, except for Rob. Um, <laughs> the problem is Rob is really slow. I don't know if you ever seen Rob in action. If you if you do enough searching on on YouTube and, and other like Google video and stuff, you'll find one or two videos that show the game being played with Rob. And it is oh my god slow. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like paint, paint chipping off the walls. You know? Oh, I because mean, Rob has to like move to get in the right position to grab the um, grab the gyro. The way it works is there's like a stand, and they're like gyros that he picks up and moves. <laughs> And so he has to move, and I think you control what position he's in. So if you make a mistake, he slowly turns to the incorrect position. Then you gotta correct it, and you gotta push start before every command, by the way. <laughs> um, so it's really tedious, and and it's tragic because if you watch other videos where it's clear that someone was playing with just like a second controller handy or or emulating it with a second controller where you can just play with two players and the second player just... The the purpose of Rob is to open and lower kind of gates. Mm. And so you could just push that on, I think, player two Mm. and open and close the gates. So um, once someone is doing that for you and it's like a reasonable thing, it seems like it's a lot of fun. The design of the game is a little bit like maybe like Donkey Kong Jr., where you're, you're moving around and climbing up kind of, not vines, but ropes, yeah. and you're trying to collect things, and you're trying to avoid baddies walking around. You can, What you do is you have, I guess, a limited supply of, of food that you, you can set down, and they'll distract them. You can walk by them without getting hurt hmm. or dying. Yeah. And so it's, it's a little bit like that. So it's a little bit like Donkey Kong Jr. or, or maybe Load Runner, a game like that, a simple kind of puzzle platformer. And it really looks appealing, and... Um, And if you're playing with two players cooperatively like that, then it's interesting. Now, you can also play two players competitively, of course, with taking turns with Robbing Player 2, which is the way it was designed. But, you know, I have to wonder if the game designers didn't have access to Rob when they were making the game. Oh. Because that would explain why, like, they have this, you know, they knew that, oh, Rob's going to be there to open and close the gates. But... In practice, it's just impractical because Rob is so slow, and I'm close. wondering if, if they had access to Rob, maybe they would have designed it differently so that Rob going so slowly isn't an issue. Yeah. And in theory, you can give him a command in anticipation of when you'll need to open or, or close a, a gate, but it just seems like that's overly cumbersome. Hmm. That's too so, bad. But, it, but it's a, it seems like a really interesting game, and something I would enjoy playing if, if Rob weren't a factor. Now, uh... The question: Are there two modes? and In mode A, you control uh, Professor Hector, or if you're playing the second player, Professor Vector, um, and you walk around. You know, you control him, and then you push start, and then you give a command to Rob. In uh, the second mode, mode B, because you know this is one of those early NES games where they had like mode A and mode no, B. And so in mode B, he's sleepwalking, so he's just constantly moving forward, and you're only giving commands to Rob. What? Now I don't, I don't know if you have to push start before every command again. You might have to. I don't know. That would really suck. But um, so I guess that might be interesting if you're playing just as if you were Rob, right, pushing the commands on the controller. Cool. Yeah. That might be interesting. It's it, and then it's a little bit like um, if you're familiar with. Um, Mario and Mario, or Mario versus war I don't remember the name of it, that came out in Japan for the Super Nintendo with the mouse. I've heard of that. Yeah, where you have to, like, it's a little bit like, um, like March of the Minis, where you have to, Donkey Kong March of the Minis, where you have to yeah. click on, on little boxes to make make blocks appear or disappear to get, get the mini Marios from A to B. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's a little bit more like that, um, so... That also seems interesting. Uh, that that might be fun without Rob. Cool. <laughs> okay. huh, yeah. So so it's an interesting concept. It's and, and I guess they built upon that for these other games I mentioned later. Um, and Gyromite's kind of fallen into obscurity, but um, yeah, I mean I, it seems like an interesting idea. It's a shame Rob was such a crummy peripheral.
1: I'd almost like to see Rob revisited with modern technology, with all the other with all the other add-ons Louise got. I mean, bring back Rob. <laughs>
0: But what what's the point? I mean, the whole idea behind Rob was like a robot that pushed buttons for you. That know, was like the idea. I was like a robot buddy that played Nintendo with you. That was yeah. the idea. Yeah. Uh, would would that really be useful?
1: Well, they could give him some other purpose. I don't know. I'm not really sure what he'd do, honestly. But
0: why wouldn't they just implement something like that in software? Rob? Yeah, yeah.
1: Stop ruining my good idea. <laughs> yeah. I was excited.
0: Um, yeah, if, if like a robot were able to somehow affect like the balance board or something like tilt it for you, you or something, go. then maybe. Okay. If yeah. yeah, it has to be something in the physical world for it to make any sense, cool. And uh, not this abstract. Well, I'm gonna do this gyro thing, and that's gonna affect something in the game. You know, over, overly, you know, over-engineered type stuff like that. Right, right. So, um, I but So, uh, but Gyromite is definitely an uh, interesting game. If, <laughs> if not, I don't know if it's a good one or not. Uh, maybe it's a good game that's marred by that peripheral Interesting so, concept, uh, anyway. so that concludes our uh, game I want to thank Zach Miller for uh, co-hosting here this evening I, it's always good to have someone new on sure uh, and uh, thank you there. for for your uh requests I'm getting several of them I have a lot of requests now so uh cool. I appreciate that um and hopefully I'll get around to or able to, be able to use all of them eventually um and uh, check out uh, Zach's um, illustration and what was it what, Earth, magazine? Magazine. Earth Magazine if you can find
1: it I can, only Borders books carry it up in an Anchorage Barnes and Noble did hmm. not
0: well uh, do Google we search for it maybe uh, Amazon carries it or something there you go. Um, I don't know Amazon carry magazines that you can buy I, I assume they somebody do. else
1: told me they did so that was yeah, going to be they my go to if Borders yeah. was King of
0: Dry. yeah so uh, check that out, check out Radio Free Nintendo, of course, um, hopefully we'll have Retroactive coming up sometime, uh, I, don't, I haven't seen the poll yet as of recording this, but uh, uh, if you like talking about old school games, you know, if you like listening to this and listening to t- us talking about games like Gyro Mate, um, check out the Retroactive feature on Radio Free Nintendo, because it's totally going in-depth about a game that the listeners vote on, so check cool. that out. Uh, and hopefully that poll will be up. The, they're going to be voting on Genesis games, I believe. Uh, so, um, you know, check it out. There you go. Uh, with that, uh, good evening or good morning, whenever you're listening to this. And uh will uh, next time. <laughs> Bye. 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 Echoes is copyright 2004 Nintendo Castlevania Portrait of Ruin is copyright 2006 Konami Inspector Gadget is copyright 1992-1993 Deke Animation City Hudson Soft The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker is copyright 2002-2003 Nintendo Gyromite is copyright 1985 Nintendo